Today on The Journey with Steve DeWitt, a lesson on generosity from the Apostle Paul. How do I gain anything that really matters in life? I give up of myself. I give of myself to gain what really matters. And by losing my life, he says here, I actually find it. I find real life in giving. And this is the promised blessing to Christians who give themselves away for God. We often dream about the early church in the book of Acts, yearning for the immense power and the joy they experienced. But we often neglect the fact that the early church actively gave and communalized their possessions. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, Senior Pastor and Bible Teacher at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. Today, Pastor Steve shares a lesson about how to live and experience the generous life. And you can listen to this message online at thejourney.fm. Here's Pastor Steve now to get us started. Today we are here in Acts 20, and a very small text that we'll get to here in a moment. Here here is the context of the text, is that uh, the Apostle Paul is on his way back to Jerusalem. And on his way, he decides that he wants to meet with some of the leaders of a church that he had previously spent three years at, the church at Ephesus. And so he says, hey, you guys meet me on the beach at Miletus. And so they meet him there, and uh, so it's a beach scene. You need to visualize this. There are crashing waves. It's a beautiful spot. The elders are there, probably some others, and the Apostle Paul. And he gives them now his final words. They know, he knows, they're never going to see each other again. And he gives them a final exhortation. And that exhortation, we're not going to read the whole, the whole thing, but basically he's saying to them, listen, you guys need to be good shepherds of the flock. You need to be on your lookout for the wolves that are going to come and try to destroy the sheep. And then he gets down uh, to verse 33, and this is what he says. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So his final exhortation here to these church leaders is that as leaders, their inheritance, and really all Christians, their inheritance is with Christ. He says that in verse 32, that uh, they are not to love or covet uh, the possessions of the people in the church, And he gives his own ministry as an example of that. And then he quotes Jesus, this little phrase, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is a statement that Paul is bringing up in the context of his ministry or in the ministry of the kingdom of God, which is vitally important to understand that in the context of a life being lived out for the sake of God or for the sake of Christ, it is true that it is more blessed to give than to uh, receive. So here's what Paul is saying, is that in the context of the kingdom of God and my life being lived out under the lordship of Jesus Christ, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is always true. Giving is generosity of life motivated by a love for God given to the kingdom of God. I think the average non-Christian, your neighbor, would be shocked at the way that a generous Christian handles his or her money. 
Your neighbor would be shocked, I would bet, to realize how much uh, generosity, what generosity looks like. Because in the world, that's like the opposite of the way that you live. You don't live to give, you live to hoard, to accumulate. And yet, as Christians now, surrendering our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we are called to be generous to God and do so because we actually want to because of what he has done in our life. And yet, I think for many people, this is some form of insanity. And I would like to show how generosity to God is not insane. It is the only sane and reasonable thing for a Christian uh, to do. And to understand that, we have to understand the big picture of Christian generosity. We have to understand giving to God in redemptive context. And this is what the Apostle Paul does. You can turn here if you would like in 2 Corinthians 8. Now, here's what Paul's doing. He is making a direct connection between the grace giving in verse 7 and the redemptive work of Christ for us in verse 9. Do you see that? So in verse 9, he is summarizing what Christ did for us in three phases. Here's the first. And the first phase is that uh, Jesus was rich. What is this talking about? It's talking about the, the riches of Christ prior to his incarnation. Second phase. Paul says, yet for your sakes he became poor. Jesus became poor. And this is talking about his incarnate humility. When he came to earth, he leaves that glory and that, those riches, and he becomes one of us. And this includes the humility of just being human that you and I know so well, that we are weak and we get tired and we get hungry and we get thirsty and, and uh, living in a fallen world, all of the experiences that that means. This was Jesus now living in this sin-sick world with people like us. So he was rich, he became poor. Here's the third one. His, pro- his poverty brings us riches so that through you, his poverty might become rich. So the story of Jesus really is this. It's a riches to rags story. Our story in Christ is a rags-to-riches story. We have in him all of these incredible riches and benefits, the kind that really means something for all eternity. So here's what Paul is saying, is that grace-giving or Christian generosity makes perfect sense in in the big picture of what God has done for us, his amazing generosity to us. Now, I want to show that how this works. Let me give you, give you a, an illustration here. All right, Bill, Bill, stand up here a second if you would. Here, come down here where everybody can see you. All right, I have here, I have uh, 10 uh, bills here. And if you can't see in the back, there are $1 bills. <laughs> 10 $1 bills. And uh, Bill, if I, if, I, if I came to you and I said, hey, listen, You've not, you've not done anything for me or anything like that, but I just want you to know that I love you, and I, I, want, to, uh, I, want, to, I want to give something to you. And let's just say each one of these is a $10 bill, okay? And I said, here, here's 10 $10 bills, and I just really love you. Now, here's the thing is that I, I do ask this, is that you would be uh, generous to what I'm doing in your life and, and my kingdom work, Okay? If I, get, if, I, if I gave that to you, what, what would you be willing to give back to me? All of it? Yes. 
Okay, all right, let's pretend. Now, let's say, let's say that these are each $1,000 bills, okay? So these are each a $1,000 bill, and I come to, up to Bill with my bills, and I say, you know what? Um, I just, I love you, and just because I love you, I'm gonna give you this, and it's, it's $10,000. Okay, but now, I, I would ask this, that in the days ahead, that you would look for opportunities to be generous uh, back to me, okay? 10%. So what would you be willing to give back to me, reasonably, do you think? $10,000. 10, yeah. No, nine. Let us leave. 10, all of it. He's like negotiating with me here in the front. This is okay, I could, all right. The, I could do with the other 1,000. 9,000 you give yeah. back and you keep 1,000. Yeah. Um, but when it was $10 bills, you would get, or right. it was all of it. So, yeah. okay. Now, let's just say that, and there is no bill like this, but let's just say that each one of these is a, is a $100,000 bill. Okay? And I am giving now, I say, listen, I love you. Here is a million dollars. All I ask is that in the days ahead, as you see opportunity, that you would look to be generous to what, I'm, what you know I'm passionate for. What would you reasonably be willing to give towards that? Give back. <laughs> I'll need to talk to my wife. All right? Half. He gave half back. Okay, hold on to that now. Okay, now here's the last question. Let's just say that I, because I love you, I gave you uh, eternal life. And I did this at the sacrifice of myself. And I, uh, you didn't earn it. I just gave it to you. What would you be willing to, uh, to give to me? All of it? Now, here's the question I would like to ask. What does it say when we receive eternal life from God, unbelievable generosity from God, and we nickel and dime him back? What does it say about whether or not I really get what God has done for me? And friend, if you're one of like my friends that I wonder who, uh, you know, this just seems so crazy and all of that, you have to understand the generosity of God for Christian generosity to not only make sense, but to make perfect sense. And here we are as Christians living in light of God's grace to us. And we have commands and teachings like we've been talking about. And God says, hey, be generous. It's more blessed to be generous. And for some people, they take that at its word and they're generous back to God. And, and so many Christians, the statistics are scary, how many Christians nickel and dime God back. Do we get it? Do we really understand what God has given to us, his generosity? Thank you, Bill. Give Bill a hand here. Thank you for helping. But do you see the point? It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. In fact, the thing that would be insane would be to receive from God so much and to not be generous and willing to be generous back to him. All right. 
Now, uh, back to our little phrase that we're taking apart today, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think one of the biggest reasons that we are stingy with God is that we really don't believe that the blessings that he is promising to us are really better than the blessings that keeping or hoarding provide for us. And so the rest of my message today is I'm going to try to convince all of us here that God's blessings are better than, than uh, the blessings of giving are better than the blessings of keeping. What does that mean? Like, what do I receive, since that's the basis of it, he's motivating us, he's motivating our desire to receive with the promise. There are more receiving blessings that we get in giving than receiving. What is he talking about there? Here's the first thing. When we give of ourselves, it is blessed because we are doing what we're made to do. We are doing what we're made to do. What is God like? God is a generous God in every way. He's still generous to us. Even the fact that we're in rebellion against him, he's still he still is kind to us. He brings the rain. The Bible talks about how he brings the rain. And he provides crops and he takes care of people that could, they just profane his name every single day. And yet God is kind to them. He, that's how generous God is. He provides oxygen. He provides food. He provides shelter. If at any moment he wanted to take us up on our real desire to live apart from him and away from him, this whole universe would implode. He keeps and sustains this by his power and gives to us every single day. And of course, we look in redemption and we see the unbelievable generosity of God. I mean, if I was down here right now and I really did give Bill a million dollars, Let's just say I did. Hey, you know what? You sat in the right seat. Dun, 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 dun. Come on, I'm giving you a million dollars. You'll be like, wow, Pastor Steve, he's like so generous. God gave us his son. How generous is that, huh? Think of that. God loves you. God loves you and gave his son to save you and me from our sins. Unbelievable generosity that God has had for us. He is a generous God. Okay, now here's the deal. We are made in his image. We're made in his image, which means that God wired us the same way that he is wired, and we see that God delights in being generous. So do we. When we give of ourselves, there is a kind of, there's a kind of blessing that comes with it that brings meaning and significance to life. Even, even unbelievers, non-Christians, experience this. That's why they build a, house, a Habitat for Humanity house, and, and they drive home, and they have this feeling inside of them, like, you know what? I really did something significant today. I feel different today than I did all the other days when I just was worrying about making money. Or they go and they walk for cancer, or they save a whale, or they do some other thing. They feel a kind of blessing because they are giving of themselves for the sake of something else. It gets their focus off of themselves, and it feels good. It does. And in our case, here we have, we have the blessing of knowing the one that we're made in his image. And we, we know the big story of what God is doing in our lives. And so we do these things for his sake. But there is a blessing that comes with it. Do you know this blessing? That moment, that blessing that comes with giving is a part of what Jesus is saying here. It is more blessed to give than to receive. We're designed for it. We're made in the image of one who delights to give. It brings more meaning. All right, here's the second reason it's better. Is that uh, it's the reality of the threefold blessing. The reality of the threefold blessing. When I keep or when I hoard, what blessing do I get from that? 
a little bit. You know, there's a, there's, a li- there's a little blessing in it. I mean, you can go and you can buy something, you know, that makes you feel good for a little bit. Like, you know, you drive home with a new car and this, it smells new and, and uh, there's buttons to push and there's the admiration of your neighbors as they see you in your new car and it feels sort of good for a little bit. Uh, but that passes, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Or, you know, you, you buy something that, you, that you're, oh, just like... 52-inch plasma or something like that, and you're just like, you know, you drive home and can't wait to get it hooked up, and it's sort of exciting, you know, but it's short-lived. It's just a woo-woo. It's just a little, you know, just a little quick kind of, ah, feels good. Now it doesn't anymore. That's the way it goes. When I am keeping or hoarding, the blessing is very tiny, but what about in giving? What kind of blessing comes from that? Well, first of all, who, or who gets blessed in it? Number one, I get blessed in it. That's the point I was just making. We're doing what we're designed to do. There's a blessing that comes from it. So I'm blessed by it. Secondly, the recipient of the, of the gift is blessed by it. There is a blessing in receiving, especially when somebody is doing something out of love for us or sacrificially for us. It encourages us. We feel valued. We feel loved. We sense relationship. It's a blessing in our life. Third, God is blessed by it. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. He is honored by it. He is honored as the one who who meets our needs, who is faithful to us when we give give to him. And so uh, these three blessings are all things that, that, that keeping or hoarding or receiving will never, ever give to us. And we have to believe that, okay? We have to believe that, and I think it will produce generosity in our life. All right, here's the next one. When I give, it preserves me from the emptiness of living for myself. When I give of myself, or my money, or my time, it keeps me from just living for me. My little, my little niece, Abby, uh, my brother's a missionary in South America, and um, five-year-old daughter, Abby, one day, Scott was in the store picking something up or whatever, and Abby was sitting on my sister-in-law's lap in the front seat of the car. And as they're sitting there, Abby suddenly gets a picture of herself in the rearview mirror. She sees herself, you know, and my sister-in-law watches as she begins to look at herself in the mirror. She kind of looks this way, and then she kind of looks this way, looks back this way a little bit. And she finally stops and she says, Mommy, I like me. (laughs) Oh, those kids, they're so self-focused. Isn't that really the point? Don't we all like me? We all are in love with ourselves. We think about ourselves so easily self-absorbed and left to ourselves, we would just be consumed with our needs and my life and what's going on with me. And that is empty, isn't it? That is a horrible way to live. There's no, there's, there's no meaning in it because, frankly, none of us are interesting enough to live for ourselves, are we? Amen? Amen. <laughs> that wasn't very hearty. Some of you have not realized that, but I know you, and I'll tell you, you're not that interesting. <laughs> and to live for ourselves, what a waste of time. What a boring life. Self-absorbed, all my, me, my, my this, and all that. We need to get our focus off of ourselves, and nothing does that better than giving of ourselves sacrificially to the Lord. 
Here's how Alcorn says it, great quote. The act of giving is a vivid reminder that it's all about God, not about us. It's saying that I am not the point. He is the point. He does not exist for me. I exist for him. God's money has a higher purpose than my affluence. Giving is a joyful surrender to a greater person and a greater agenda. Giving affirms Christ's lordship. It dethrones me and exalts him. It breaks the chains of mammon that would enslave me. And oh, how enslaving uh, a life of, of pleasure and possessions and money is. So, how do I get my focus off myself? I give of myself. I give of my time. I give of my money. And then life takes on a certain meaning that I never could have living for myself. Here's the next reason it's better. When I give, I have the satisfaction of making a difference with my life, of helping God and what he is doing in his work and in his kingdom. And this is really the complementary point to point number three, that when I'm living for myself, you know what? Very few things have any meaning, really. Very few things have meaning. When I get the focus off of myself and I start living for God and other people, then everything starts to have meaning. It's a weird way, it's, it's strange the way that that works. C.S. Lewis wrote about this in, I just read, The Great Divorce. Uh, he writes about this, and I don't have time to get into that, but it's a fascinating little study of how, you know what, being self-consumed, is, nothing has meaning. But when I am living in light of God and his kingdom and living for those things, eternal things, then things really matter. And I, get my, I, get my, I, put, I give my money to some mission work of some kind, and I start praying for them. And I start thinking about what's going on over there, and I'm checking out the, the, the news reports for that particular country. And, and I start to care about something that really matters, and it brings meaning into my life that living for myself never could. Listen to what Jesus said. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet to lose or to forfeit his very self? This is Christianity. This isn't just people that are super spiritual. This is what it means to follow Christ. And these people that were baptized right here at the beginning of our service, what a picture of what it means to die to myself and to live for Christ. This is normal Christianity. And it is this kind of Christianity, off of myself, living for Jesus, that Jesus is talking about and calling us to here. A reminder from Pastor Steve DeWitt that Christianity and generosity go hand in hand. You wouldn't have one without the other. You're listening to The Journey in a message titled, The Generous Life, Part 2. Listen to the full message online at thejourney.fm or subscribe to our podcast. Just search your favorite podcast app for The Journey with Pastor Steve DeWitt. Well, today's message was a good reminder of what essential Christianity really is, highlighting the vital role of generosity within its expression. Generosity stands not just as a virtue, but as a foundational principle that exemplifies the very essence of living out the teachings of Christianity in our daily lives. And here on The Journey, it's your generosity that allows us to broadcast God's work to listeners around the country each and every day. As a listener-supported ministry, it's your financial gifts that help us stay on the air. So would you consider extending your generosity by becoming a monthly partner or giving a one-time gift? The number to call is 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 
888-888-8763 or give online at thejourney.fm. And when you do, we'll say thanks by sending you an encouraging book by best-selling author Randy Elkhorn. It's titled The Treasure Principle. It's a helpful and practical guide that will teach you how to steward God's resources well, live generously, and in doing so, find great joy in your everyday life. You can request your copy today when you call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. And while you're on our website, be sure to join our mailing list to receive encouraging content and other updates from Pastor Steve and The Journey. Just scroll to the blue box at the bottom of our homepage and then enter your name and email. Well, that's all our time for today. I'm your host, Tim Svoboda. Be sure to join us tomorrow when Pastor Steve concludes the message titled The Generous Life, Part 2. That's Friday on The Journey with Steve DeWitt. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.